0: him. May his name alone be glorified. Okay, so when papi called me to say that um, I'll be taking Thrive and um, of course, such news, when you hear such news, you're always, I'm always very shaky and you know, my husband would say, you're shaking like jellyfish. So, he told me a while ago, he said, okay, so that you won't be shaking like jellyfish again. Next time when you're having your regular Bible study, just have your notes. I would typically have my notes but he was saying, okay, have, have a thought line around it. So when, when Pastor told me I would be taking Thrive, I said, okay, praise God, I have some notes already prepared. So then I went to God on prayer. I prayed. And I went with the notes to God. I said, so which one of these notes do you want me to use? You know, like we would sometimes treat God. And then God said, nothing from that note is coming out. So I said, so what am I going to do? how am I gonna cope? Then Psalm 23 came to mind and then we came about this when the table is set for the overflow. Hallelujah. Indeed the table is set for the overflow in our lives and we will continue to bask in the euphoria of the overflow in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're talking about the feasts and um, thank God it's a week we are still feasting. Papi always says, when we are not fasting, we are feasting. <laughs> so I'd like to ask a question. Can you recall a time when you were invited to or attended? I put attended. You know, in, in, in Nigeria, we like to do a lot of um, mokbon Moya, as in I heard, and I just branched, even though we're not really invited. Or I'm going for a party. I have a wedding. Please just come along with me. So can you recall a time when you were invited to or attended a feast? What was the experience like? Who would like to share? I know we've all attended um several feasts and um sometimes we wish we could be feasting every now and then. Okay, I, I I'll share one that um I attended with my husband. That was in 2012. They call it the the shrimp ball. Ap- apparently the Americans have it on a regular basis. But then we were in Jakarta and they said it was going to be a shrimp ball party. And they said, you know, we'll just come really hungry. And what it was all about was it was just going to be all shrimps. So when we went there that night, the tables were all joined together. There were no chairs. And, you know, the waiters would keep coming with trays and trays of balled shrimps. And, we, you know, we keep shelling off and we will be eating the shrimps. We kept eating until... the 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 smell of the shrimp started getting disgusted (laughs) you know but it was a good experience there were no seats so we're just standing gisting and eating and eating the shrimps so who else wants to share um a feasting experience that you've heard it's always a good experience it's always a beautiful experience and sometimes we always wish to have it over and over again praise the lord and that is the experience that the Lord is setting before us this season in the name of Jesus. May feasting never end in our lives in the name of Jesus. Psalm 23, verses 1 to 6. Um, and I'd like somebody to volunteer to, to read it for us. Psalm 23, 1 to 6. Okay, you can wait for the mic. Thank you.
1: The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Okay. Thou anointed my head with oil, Amen. my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us. Pastor actually did a very deep teaching on Psalm 23, and that is the God is God is more than enough series. And I would like to encourage us, you know, once in a while, just go over those notes. It's ever so refreshing, they never get old. You know, your eyes keep getting opened to, to new things. So, um, but what I want us to focus on today is verses 5 and 6. Now, Sa- Psalm, 30, Psalm 23 shows David's absolute trust, you know, and confidence in God's care, in God's love, in the mercy of God. And, you know, I, I really so um, was blessed when pastor took the series and then when he talked about goodness and mercy, I tell you that every single time we share the grace now, when we say goodness and mercy, then I have it at the back of my mind that there are angels following me all over the place, everywhere I go. Amen. Goodness and mercy. We always follow us everywhere we go in the name of Jesus. Amen. So verses five and six, I would like to put emphasis on verses five and six this evening. Psalm 23 verses 5 and 6. You prepare a feast for me. Another version says a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflow with blessings. Surely, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the Lord has invited everybody. The Lord is inviting each and every one of us, you know, to come and feast at the table that he has prepared for us. If we look at Psalm 22, verses 26 and 29. Can we go to Psalm 22, verses 26 and 29? Here we see that God is inviting everyone. Verse 26 says, the poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. Then verse 29 says, let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Feast and worship. Bow before him, all who are mortal, all whose lives will end as dust. So here, so we're filling the gap now. It says, God invites everyone to eat and be satisfied, both rich and poor. God is inviting everybody. Is a God who shows no favoritism and is inviting everybody to eat because there is abundance with our Father. So we we'll go on to when the table is set. You know what comes to your mind? When they say, oh, table is set, food is ready, what comes to your mind? Okay, number one, I would say you have to sit down to eat and not stand to enjoy the feast. You have to sit down and enjoy it. And... Um, Psalm 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So the sitting down for me here is dwelling in the presence of the Most High God. So it says you have to sit down to eat and not stand to enjoy the feast. David was anointed at the age of 15. He was anointed as a teenager. But interestingly, he did not become king until 22 years later when he was 37 years old so i would like to ask you a question and the question is what do you think david was doing between the time he was anointed at the age of 17 till the time he was ordained at the age of 15 till the time he was ordained king at the age of 37 what do you think who would like to go for us so what do you think david was doing He was anointed as a teenager But he didn't become a king until 22 good years later. Do we have a hand up? Any hand? Just give it a go. Who is giving it a go? Okay, Papa is giving it a go. Okay. Thank you, sir.
2: Abiding in God's presence, worshiping, staying with God, basically.
0: Thank you. Let's clap for Papi. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Exactly. Abiding in God's presence, worshiping. So when you are invited to a feast, you sit down and dwell there. Abide in the presence of the Lord. Even though David was anointed, he didn't think it was time to just walk down to to the palace. To say, yes, now I have an anointed king whoever is there is supposed to be dethroned and start plotting a coup or whatever. But he waits you know, upon God because God's timing is always the best. The Bible says God makes all things beautiful in his time. Number two, I would say, now this list that I've put here is not exhaustive, but all these points are from my own thoughts. So if you think you have other thoughts about when the table is set, please feel free to raise your hand. I would like to hear from you. Second point I would say is you must come hungry. The hungrier you are, the more you get. Praise the Lord. You have to come hungry. The Bible says, draw near unto, God says we should draw near unto him. When we draw near unto him, He draws near unto us. So don't, don't go fool. And when, when, when I say coming hungry... You're coming into the presence of God. You're hungry. You're thirsty for his presence. And I trust the Lord that as many as are hungry for his power, for his presence here today, will be filled in the name of Jesus. And the Lord will fill our cup in the name of Jesus. And as we draw near unto him, he will draw near unto us. Number three says, be watchful not to get your clothes stained." So I put there the story of David and Bathsheba. Ecclesiastes 9, eight. Be watchful not to get your clothes stained. Ecclesiastes 9, eight. Can we have that? It talks about your your head not la- lacking oil and your garments always white. That's what it says. So when you are anointed, watch out for your garments. Make sure the garment remains white. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we move on. The anointing and the enemy. So, um, verse 20. I would like to emphasize um Psalm 23, verse 5. If you can please focus on verse 5. CMM. Thank you. The anointing and the enemy. Says you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You know, God, God is such an awesome God, is 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 a mighty God and is so powerful. That even the enemies, you know, can't stop whatever it is he has, he has made up his mind to accomplish in our lives. So whether the enemies are there or not, whether they are watching or not, God will still do what he will do in our lives. And I want to say something. The, the first point is to anoint is to honor, to set apart, to dignify. John 12, 3 talks about when Mary Honored Jesus by pouring the anointing oil, the fragrance, on the feet of Jesus and wiping it, you know, with her hair. And that was, you know, honoring the Lord, you know. So, she she honored the Lord. So, to anoint is to honor, to set apart. In the Old Testament, when the prophets were sent to anoint prospective um, kings, you know, God would say, anoint this person because I've set him apart to lead my people. So, when you're anointed, you're set apart for something. You're being honored and it's a, it's a thing of dignity, you know. So, I'm praying that this season, not only we will be fed with abundance in the name of Jesus, but we are going to be honored in the name of Jesus. We are going to be highly respected in the name of Jesus. In all, we will lay our hands on and the name of the Lord will be glorified. First Samuel chapter 16 Verse 13. When Samuel anointed David, the Holy Spirit rested on him in a new way. Okay, so it says, so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of, oil, of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. So that that spirit of the Lord that was mentioned in that particular scripture, interestingly, and for me, very exciting, is the same spirit that was in Genesis chapter 1. You know, when God created, you know, the heavens and the earth, and it says, you know, the earth was without form and void, and the spirit of the Lord was overing. You know, so it's the same spirit when David was anointed that, that came upon him. So in the in the in the olden days, in the old testament, you know, when God wanted to set somebody apart, he would ask a prophet to, to anoint the person. Today in the New Testament we have the Holy Spirit. You know, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then in the book of James, he was talking about, you know, calling on the elders to lay hands and anoint, you know, somebody that is sick. Praise the Lord. So, the, the, the Spirit rests upon us in a new way, in a different way every time we are anointed. The anointing is refreshing. We are, we are filling the gap now. The anointing is refreshing. It is soothing and it brings gladness. Psalm 104 verse fif- 15 talks about the okay wine to make them glad olive oil to soothe their skin and bread to give them strength so the anointing brings a lot of gladness so I, i trust the lord that everywhere we go you know we should um be an aroma of the presence of the Lord. The Bible says, In the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy, and that is right, and there are pleasures forevermore. So, everywhere we go, people should see that in us. People should know that there's something different about us, you know, and ask us who our God is, and we'll be able to point them to, to Calvary. Amen. Psalm 105, verse 15. Do not touch my chosen people, and do not hurt my prophets. So, this particular scripture indicates. That the enemy always wants to touch the anointed. The anointing attracts resistance. But victory is sure. Amen. Never give up. You know, 1 Chronicles 14, 8 talks about when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But, but David was told they were coming, so he marched out to meet them. So when they heard that he had been anointed, so they mobilized all their forces. But we thank God because in Psalm 105 verse 15, God said, Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. So irrespective, whatever it is, let the enemy try. He's a toothless bulldog. He can't do anything. God did not say, please don't touch my anointed. Be cold. Don't touch my anointed. I'm begging you. But what did God say? Touch not my anointed. It's a command. It's an instruction, and the enemy has no choice but to listen to it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the anointing always attracts the enemy. You know, it's like we are a city set on the hill. It's, it's the same way um, the honey. You know, the, the the ants we get attracted. You know, to the honey. The Bible says we are like a city set on the hill, and trust me, it's it's easier to set a city on a land. Than to set it on a hill, but God did a lot of work. You know, we all know what it takes to climb. You know, to 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 get on a hill, to climb um, a hill. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. You exert a lot of energy. But you know, God God is saying that we are like a city. So He has He has exerted a lot of energy. How? By sending His Son Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross of Calvary, and we're like a city set on a hill, and our lives cannot be hidden. And it will not be hidden in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So we can't hide. We can't hide. But, but the good news is, it ultimately ends in the destruction of the enemy. Amen. Because the Lord has said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. The enemy can only try. But there's nothing he can do. Victories are short for us. Amen. So Matthew 5.14, I already talked about that. To build a, to build a city... On the hill is an uphill task. It is in the anointing is indestructible by the enemy. Psalm ninety-two verse verses ten and eleven. Psalm ninety-two verses ten and eleven talks about my head you have anointed. You have anointed me with the finest oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemy. So that is just another confirmation. Is that as as long as you are anointed. Don't give up. The the enemy would come, but victory is assured in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to encourage us today. Psalm 104 verse 15 talks about the oil, you know, um, bringing um, brightness, you know, making us to shine and glow. And Isaiah 61 says, arise and shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you in the name of Jesus. So I want to say you have enemies who don't want you to get your healing. You have enemies who don't want you to experience the the miraculous power of the Lord. They don't want you to have that promotion, but they will fail in the name of Jesus. They are doomed to fail in the name of Jesus because victory is assured on Calvary. Because we are going to arise and we are going to shine. And the glory of the Lord will be risen upon us in the name of Jesus. So the next point not only will the anointing force the enemy to watch the lord's desire to to to, to watch the lord's desire for your life come to pass but it, it also causes you to see your desires upon your enemy praise the lord so it will make you to see your desires upon your enemy and it reminds me of the story of um, esther the story of esther for me it's um, a very interesting story God used Esther by herself, you know, to prepare the feast for their own enemy, the en- enemy of the Jews, Herman, then, you know. But um, Esther saw her desire come to pass consigning Herman, and at the same time, she saw her desires come to pass consigning her people. Amen. Praise the Lord. So David was anointed. It went from, I shall not want, you know, from the beginning. It was an- David, from the beginning of. Um, um, Psalm 23. Said the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So so David progressed and I trust the Lord that we also will progress in our walk with the Lord in the name of Jesus. He went from I shall not want to abundance. You know my cup overflows and then he went to surely as in I am absolutely certain as as long as there's night and day. I trust this God. God God cannot lie then it went to forever, forever and ever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. So shall he be consigning each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Overflowing blessings. Overflowing blessings. It's the head that was anointed, but it's the cup that runs over. The head was anointed, but it's the cup that we're holding that runs over. It doesn't, the anointing does not stay in one place, it flows. So the word there is, it flows. So one area significantly affects the other area. So when the oil is put on your head, you would notice that, of course, we all know, that the oil just moves, you know, down in one direction. And um, it reminds me of Psalm Psalm 133, verse 2, when it says "When the anointing on top of um, Aaron is like the one that is been poured on his head and that flows down to to his beard so the anointing is meant to flow everywhere we are people are supposed to um, know that there's something different about us so the next point is the anointing is not for your personal use or personal aggrandizement it is not for your personal use it is for the glory of the Lord to be seen if the main reason why you are trusting the Lord for this breakthrough is so that you can buy a car or another car or you want to compete with your neighbor or you can buy new shoes and new bags or because you want to build a bigger house if that is the main reason where you are seriously looking for the anointing of the lord then it's a the wrong reason you know the anointing is for the glory of the lord to be seen amen first chronicles 14 two. can we check out psalm, i already mentioned psalm 133 2 The anointing on Aaron's head. First Chronicles fourteen two, and David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel, and had greatly blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people. So, so David realized the reason for the anointing. That God has blessed him as king over Israel and has greatly blessed his kingdom. for For what reason? Thank you, for the sake of his people, for the sake of his people, Israel. So the reason why the Lord blesses us is so that his name can be glorified. The reason why the Lord anoints us is so that the glory of the Lord can be seen in our lives. And so the Lord who has anointed us this season will confirm us in the name of Jesus. He will greatly bless us and his name will be glorified in the name of Jesus. The anointing that is upon us. We take us to a higher level in the name of Jesus. And it will flow to all all around us in our homes, um, at our places of work, wherever we go to, anywhere we are. People will see the, people will perceive the aroma. They will know that there's something different about us. And the name of the Lord will be glorified. Amen. Amen. Even in the lives of our children, our children will see us. You know, th- th- something um, I, I, I believe teaches children more, more than what we say as parents is how we live our lives, you know, if we are telling them to love God, but they need to see that we also love God. If we are telling them to serve God, they need to see that we are also serving the Lord, you know, and um, it will go a long way, you know, in helping our children to, to love this God. And you know, it's God's actually that draws near even as as um as much as we will pray for them and trust the lord to draw them to himself by himself i remember sometimes i was having um, once in a while i would have a um, um bible study maybe for a, about five minutes sometimes ten minutes with my daughter who is 12 years old so a few months ago so we were having this um, bible study and usually before i get into it i would have tried to see how I we you know maneuver or maybe not let me not say maneuver so it doesn't seem like i'm you know how i would tailor you know the bible study to address what exactly i want to address consigning her so we started this bible study and it was on abraham and isaac you know how god asked um abraham to sacrifice isaac and so we went on and on i was we we're really having a nice time with the bible study so all of a sudden she said mom usually when we are talking and she interrupts me with mom then i know okay i have to pay attention it's like when you're talking to papi and papi says you know then i know i have to pay attention praise the lord am i the only one that has, i know i know many people have noticed that when papi is preaching or he's talking to you and then he pauses and then he says you know then please pay attention So at that point, my my daughter said, Mom. So I stopped and I paid attention. I said, I would like to ask you a question. So I said, okay, what's the question? She said, if God asks you to sacrifice me, are you going to do it? I was really taken aback by that question. I didn't answer immediately. I was looking for, okay, how to really, really answer this thing. And all of a sudden she said, Mom, are you even thinking about it? I said, I, I wasn't thinking about that. That God no longer accepts human sacrifice. In fact, God has never accepted it. And that, that was one of the reasons why, you know, God was angry with the Israelites who we were worshipping um, some of those gods, who we were asking them to sacrifice. So the Holy Spirit helped me then, and our study continued. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, all around us, the name of the Lord will be glorified as we spread the aroma of his love. You will inevitably flow, that's what the next point says, like a sweet fragrance in all ramifications. Give examples. I want us to give examples of how we can spread our fragrance, you know. I can give one example. That one is joy, you know, everywhere you go. You know, you carry the presence of the Most High God, and they know there's something different about you. Even though you had just checked your bank account and there was nothing joyful about that bank account, but you chose to rejoice in the Lord. Even though you had just, you know, seen a doctor and and there was a negative report, but you still chose to rejoice in the Lord. Even though your child uh, has just come back home with a result that wasn't too pleasing, but you Chosen that, irrespective. The enemy is not going to steal my joy. I'm still going to rejoice in the Lord all the days of my life. Amen. So I want us to give all, um, several other examples where we can spread, how we can spread the sweet fragrance of the presence of the Lord. Okay, I've mentioned Joy. Any hands up? Other examples. Okay, there's a hand here. Thank you. Good evening, ma'am. Good evening. I think the anointing
3: bring peace also.
0: Thank you. There's so much peace, you know, about you. You know, irrespective of what is going on around you, you are just calm because you know the Lord is in control. Amen. Thank you. Okay, there's another hand here. Thank you.
2: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to use the first uh, questions to answer the second. Uh, this present work one, uh, we, you, sorry, you first asked about the anointing, which uh, actually, when David was anointed, uh, the Bible noticed uh, shows that there's something followed. That's why we can... You know, we, when you go through the Bible, you notice that uh, since the David was anointed, within that period, uh, actually, there's a persecution that's always followed. When you're anointed in the presence of God, the f- first thing that will take place is the enemy will have to persecute you.
0: Okay, thank you. So,
2: when you're anointed, you have to be very conscious that the persecution would follow. But that persecution is just to prepare you for the great work that you are anointed for. It's not just to take you away, but to Mm. prepare you. God allowed that within that period to prepare you for the great task ahead of you. Mm. So we have to understand that when we have been anointed, we have to prepare for the persecution that will follow. And thank God for the sister that she just uh, mentioned it the issue of peace. Peace. Mm -hmm. The peace. God will always give us peace. That's uh, absolutely true. Thank you. So that one came as a confirmation that God is with us after you have said it before.
0: Thank you. uh, Okay, thank Thank you you for your contribution. You're welcome. God bless you. Okay. So if you're clapping, you can clap. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, so she mentioned peace. And um, okay, who else? Who else? Can I see a hand there at the back? Yes, there's a hand there, thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah.
3: Um, I would say um, purposeful living. So when I think of the fragrance, so it says um, like a sweet fragrance and the fragrance is meant to make, improve the atmosphere in a place. Mm. So if the anointing is like a fragrance that improves the atmosphere and so that when other people come into that place, they experience that sweet fragrance, that Mm. sweet atmosphere. And so when they anoint, if someone is anointing for teaching in any way, I'm just using an example. Um, So when when the fragrance goes out, that means that anyone who comes into contact with that person experiences that anointing. So Mm. the person begins to live purposefully that affects other people around. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you. God bless you. Okay.
0: Thank you. Any other
3: contribution?
0: Okay. So there's another hand here. Thank you.
3: Good evening. Good evening. Um, for me, I would say sharing it's sharing. Yes. Sharing yes, absolutely. is one of the uh, most profound ways to reach, absolutely. Uh, to people, not just mm. giving what we have, but perhaps say in a workplace, if you can assist with anything, especially when your colleagues need help. Yeah. And if you can give whatever, you know, you have and you see someone really needs, Mm -hmm. it's one way of touching the lives Mm of other people. Thank you. Because what do we actually have that we have not
0: been given by God? So you realize that all those things are not yours, you know? So encouragement, you'll be a constant source of encouragement, you know? Um the Bible says when 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 David got discouraged, he went to war. By the time he came back, the enemies, uh, you know, had gone away with had taken captive his wives and his children, you know, and the, the the armies were talking about stoning David. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And the next thing that David did that always, always impresses me every time I read that scripture, it says, And David inquired of the Lord. I'm like, what? Somebody has captured your, your wives and your children and you're asking God, should I pursue? Will I overtake? You know, so that is how deep David was in his relationship with the most high God. He he never took a step, you know, without hearing from God. Praise the Lord. And so shall it be consigning us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so you will inevitably overflow. Yeah, and we have given several examples. Okay, let's go back to Psalm 23, verse 5. CMN, please, can you help me put the focus on Psalm 23, verse 5, KJV version, this time around. Thank you. So, the table denotes, I want us to do this together. What do you think the table means? The table or the feast denotes what? What does it mean? Who wants to go? What does the table mean? What does the oil mean? And what does the cup denote? What do you understand from this um, scripture? Psalm 23 verse 5. It says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. So the table here means what? Who wants to go? The table, the oil, and the cup. Okay, there's a
3: hand there. Thank you praise god hallelujah i think the table means a platform for where god wants you to function the oil is the anointing of the holy spirit and the cup is the vessel
0: okay thank you okay thank you okay now um what i want to say is the table here means the the food the food the feast the food And then you said the oil is what? The anointing, right? And the anointing is gladness, right? So, in my notes, I have the the oil denotes gladness. Yeah, which is the anointing that we've talked about as well. And then the cup denotes abundance. Abundance. So, why must we be anointed before God causes our cup to overflow? God can bless us, right? Right? if we've been hearing, um, pastors teaching, sometimes, you know, in fact, there was, you know, the last, um, two Thrive sessions when, um, pastor was saying, you don't need to know Jesus before he chooses to, you know, to heal you, you know. So, but here we are talking about the overflow. Why must we be anointed before God causes our cup to overflow? Maybe Psalm 126 verse 6, the KJV version will give us an answer for that. Let's read Psalm 126, verse 6, the KJV version. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So what can you interpret that to mean? How can you help us answer that question with that scripture? Why must we be anointed before God causes our cup to overflow? Thank you. There's a hand there. Okay, there's another hand there. So, let's give it to the person who has not answered before and then we can come. Thank you.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (coughs)
0: Yeah, I will say the uh,
1: important thing is that uh, when before uh, the disciple, uh, that is when the Holy Spirit came, when they were at the upper room. You know, that was the anointing. They were there. They couldn't perform anything. But until that particular day, when that particular anointing came upon them, that even their shadow were healing. So I
0: can see the overflow of the power Mm. of God upon their life. Mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for that very interesting example. Praise the Lord. Okay. The other hand was there. Thank you.
2: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I just want to ask for what he has just mentioned and the power of God. Actually, the anointing uh, represents the power. As a believer in everything that you have to do, you need the power to sustain you. And the world operates in diverse powers. So God always have to anoint his children. That's to give them the power to stand whatever challenges that will come around. So th- that's, the w- that's why God have to anoint us with that power because we need the power mm. to, to conquer the every challenge that will come around us. Because the Bible already told us that the enemy is using diverse ways to make sure that we have fault. And he's coming, he just, he's not just coming and he just with that power. Him too is coming with the power.
0: Okay, thank you. So, so that power, so, how does it lead to an overflow? Yes, what makes uh, it from, from Psalm 126 that we just read now? What makes it to lead into an overflow? That's my question.
2: Okay, uh, the power that leads to overflow. I'm sorry to just uh, say something. I want you to take that Psalm 126. Yes, I'm just looking at cognizance. the verse. The weeping, the weeping, they represent the pain. Okay. They represent the pain. Mm. So, when God asks you to do something, you will now discover that if you are working consistently consistently with God, God always asks you in the time that you, you always asks you to do something that will paint you. God always asks. Thank you. And our daddy can just, uh, I, I'm sure that he has that experience. Thank you very much. And he help us for that. <laughs> okay, because let's put our hands together
0: for him. Thank you, God bless you. Yes, when we walk for God, yeah. sometimes, in fact a lot of times, you know, when, when God asks us to do some things, they are not palatable. They are not palatable, sometimes they are not interesting, sometimes you don't even know how to, to do it. But you go, you are weeping. Do you understand? Let me have that um, Psalm 126 in focus, please. You go, you are weeping, you know, but it says you will come back doubtless rejoicing. Amen. You will doubtless come back rejoicing and bringing your sheaves, your sheaves, bringing your your seeds with you. So, uh, my question here was why must we be anointed before God causes our cup to overflow? Here it says in, 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 in Psalm 23, He anoints our head with oil and our cup, you know, overflows. Because we need that joy. That joy of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at this right now, there are pleasures forevermore. Every time you check it in Scripture, if it is time for you to harvest, you, would, you, you when your harvest is, is getting really close that's when the enemy wants to steal your joy because he knows that you need that joy you know to live in the overflow to to get to have everything that god has in store for you amen may it be impossible for the enemy to steal our joy in the name of jesus amen praise the lord hallelujah Okay, so we'll go on to benefits of the anointing. Can you mention some benefits of the anointing that you know? Before I go on to state what I have on my list, it is not an exhaustive list, so I'd like us to, um, I'd just like to throw it open. What are the benefits of the anointing that you know? Who wants to go for us? Can I see your hands up? Benefits of the anointing. Amen. So we have a hand there. We have another hand. One, two. Praise God. Hallelujah.
3: I think one of the benefits of the anointing is that we carry the presence of God.
4: Hallelujah. And
3: carrying that presence would translate to anything that God wants it to translate to at any point in time. Mm. So it can be um, a word in season to someone. It can be um, given to somebody else. It can be words of counsel, encouragement. It can be anything but... That the anointing will cause us to know what to do for people at any point in time, what God would want them to get from Him, so it would just come through us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, so there was another.
4: Okay. Please praise, go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, the benefit of the anointing that I can recall is that it makes you special among other people. It makes Thank you to you. do things effortless, effortless. You are not struggling doing those things you really want to do. Mm. Just have the grace to move on. Just move on more than other people. So That is the benefit of the anointing.
0: Thank you. I like that word that you said. makes you feel special. Can you share with us a particular
4: point in time that you really felt
0: special?
4: Okay. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah.
4: Okay. I make a particular point in time Went to an interview for a teaching job. When I get there, there were other people who have finished university more than I. They have gone far more than me. But during the interview, I performed more than them. So Ah. this is the anointing. It makes me special. Hallelujah. the mix of them. Praise (laughs)
0: Praise the Lord. Definitely. The anointing makes you feel special. When you know you're anointed, you just feel special. You just walk like the daughter of a... Just walked like the daughter of a king. You know, a, a few days ago, sometimes last week, um, of course, the fast was still going on. And you know, when you are coasting and you are taking a cup of tea, it's like you are having the best drink ever and you are relishing it. So I have this tiny um, tea cup that I would typically use, you know, the, the regular tiny English tea cup. And um, so I was using it and I was relishing my drink. In The kitchen, my husband walked into the kitchen and looked at me and said, ah, Why are you using that small cup? Why don't you just get um, a mug, a regular mug, and use the mug? I said, Because I feel like I'm cute. You know? <laughs> he was speechless. I know that he has used a lot of affirmative words for me nice, beautiful, um, kind, but cute he has never used for me. So I said, Okay. If you have never used that cute for me, I will feel cute before the presence of God. The Bible says I can abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So if I'm cute enough to abide in the shadow of somebody, then I'm if I'm small enough to abide in somebody's shadow, then I'm cute before him. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says heaven is his throne and earth is his full stool. So if earth is his full stool and I'm just here on earth, and all the earth is his leg cannot even contain it. And I cute beside him. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah amen so the anointing makes us feel special so what are the other benefits of the anointing that you would like to mention okay i have a lot of hands going up now so we just take one two three four five six okay let's go number one so you go quickly That's like 30 seconds benefits of the anointing
2: okay one of the benefits of the anointing is that it makes, it gives freedom. Thus, it can, uh, there's a place the Bible said, by the reason of anointing, every yoke must shall be broken. broken. So, every, sometimes, there may be several kind of limitations in your life. And, uh, mm. The anointing can just take it
4: away. I mean, Amen. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Yeah, the anointing breaks the yoke.
3: Amen. Okay, so the next person. Thank you. Praise, praise, praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, I the, think, what I, I, I think, think is that, sorry. Are there two people talking? Okay. Let's have praise God. What I think is that the anointing allows you to have the fear of God planted in your heart deeply. For David, there were times when he could have killed Saul, he had mm. two opportunities, but he didn't. He said he would do this, touching the anointed of God. He recognized the anointing of God upon Saul's life, and he had absolute fear of God, so he would not do anything against God. Even if Saul was going in the wrong direction and disobeying God, he wasn't in his place, he trusted God. And just fear God. Mm. That's what the anointing can do for Hallelujah. you too. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for that. The next person. Praise God. I think the anointing gives you confidence. Absolutely. Makes you bold. And ready to do anything.
0: Amen. Thank you. Okay. So these, these all these things that they are mentioning, we are basking in them because we've been anointed by the God of all creation. Hallelujah. Amen.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Another one is Security. When someone is anointed, is secure. Okay. Yeah. You feel secure. Like, Christ. Uh, my sister said, confidence. You know, when someone is anointed, is confident enough. When mm. if there is sickness, be healed in Jesus' name. That's
0: confidence. Amen. Thank you. Security, confidence. Amen. Okay. That, then another hand. Okay.
3: Thank you. Um, for me, it prepares you for the overflow.
0: Hallelujah. It prepares you for the overflow. You are able to enlarge your capacity for the overflow. Okay, so we we'll take him. Let's take him. And then we move on.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think anointing brings multiplication. Once you're anointed, everything around you begins to multiply. It multiplies your love, your joy.
0: Hallelujah. Everything around you. Everything are double double. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, thank you for that. So I will just um, go over my my notes quickly. It says sometimes we have this inner witness of feeling really special. Okay, so somebody already gave an example. Is Is there another person who wants to give an example of a time when you really felt like, you know, you felt really special? Because of the anointing. Because of what God used the anointing to do in your life. And you think, wow, I, I, I think I'm really special. Anybody wants to go for us? Amen. Okay, I'll, I'll quickly share an incident that happened. That was in 2005. About um, 12 years ago. My, my husband's um, cousin. They got married I think, a year before us, or two years before us, and um, they were trusting God for the fruits of the womb. For about three years, they were trusting God for the fruits of the womb. Now, when she came into the family, I, had, I was already a part of the family, and they absolutely loved me. I'm thankful for that. You know, so it was like one big family. And so, when she came, she felt, because she was coming from a polygamous background, so she felt, oh, that I was too much into the family, and she wasn't for that. So, she just wanted to separate herself. So, it came to a situation where the, the family would say, oh, they are two poles apart, blah, blah, blah. So, eventually, she saw me as a rival. So, but then, we knew that they were waiting on God for the fruit of the womb, but I kept praying. You know, she would rebuff all my attempts, you know, just to check up on her to say hello and things like that. But I kept praying for her. So then one day I had a dream that she was carrying a baby boy and that the boy was wearing a Christmas outfit. So I knew that maybe the baby was going to be born around Christmas period. So I told my husband, I said, I think she's pregnant call her husband and find out. So my husband called the cousin and the cousin came back. I said, no, that in fact, she just went to the hospital last month. There was nothing like that, blah, blah, blah. So two weeks later, our phone, our phones rang and it was like, oh, she was feeling really sick and she went to the hospital and she discovered that she was pregnant And I'm like, oh, wow, this God, you are so awesome. You know, somebody that had taken me as like, you know, a rival was trying to hide a lot of things from me. Even before she knew that she was pregnant, God already revealed it to me. You know, revealed it to me, revealed the sex of the baby, revealed to me when exactly she was going to put to bed. And the baby was supposed to come in December. Of course, she had, um, it was tough for the baby to come. Eventually, it was a year she would call me to pray with her. So, I just give God all the thanks. And I'm like, God, I feel really, really... You know, special. (laughs) And then a month, a a year later, she took in again. And then my phone rang. She said, I'm pregnant now. So what's the sex of my baby? I'm like, "Ah, how am I supposed to know? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so number one says divine enablement. He killed a lion. He went on to kill Goliath. Why worry? If David still had to face the lion and the Goliath, you know, and he still have the, uh, even with the anointing of the most high God upon us. So what is that lion? What is that Goliath? What is that thing that seems like lion or Goliath before you that will not fall? It will fall in the name of Jesus. Just can I have, can I have, can I have the image of the lion? You know, a while ago I saw this image and I was, um, and I was like, wow, this is such a fierce lion. And then I thought of the times when David was really young and had to fight the, um, the lion. And I was like, how did they do that? That must have been with the anointing of the Lord. Can we go on to the next one? The next one, that's um, David and the lion. And then the next one, when he fought Goliath. Ha, see how was. that That must just have been. You know, the confidence of, you know, you defiled my father, you are going to see Pepe today. You and Goliath saw Pepe. <laughs> Amen. So the next one is <laughs> access. You can hear from God yeah, we mentioned that. David asked, should I move back to Judah? That was in 2 Samuel 1. Shall I pursue? I talked about that already. Number three is favor. It's favor because he always sought to do what pleased the Lord. Number four, we talked about his presence. Thank you. Supernatural sustenance. You are just supernaturally sustained. You know, we've been wait, we, we waited for 21 days. Some people actually coasted those 21 days, and some people will think, No, it's not possible for you to go 21 days without eating. You know, some people still don't believe it, but God sustains us supernaturally, and His glory will come forth. Like in the story of Esther, Acts 10 38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing. All who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen. So God is with us. And I would like to say, finally, in closing, obedience is key in retaining the anointing. Acts 13, 22. Obedience is very key. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man after whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Hallelujah. So the anointing makes the difference, and First Peter, five nine tells us to to stand firm. Whatever it is that you're going through, introduce your God to that situation. Don't introduce that situation to God. Just introduce your God to that situation. That you know what, I am anointed, and this thing will not overwhelm me in the name of Jesus. I remember a while ago we were taking um, my daughter to school. She was going to resume, and the brother. Wanted to, know, um, wanted to know about the school. And he's one six-foot, hefty, you know, kind of guy. So when we're, when we're driving into the school, I looked back, I said, Tanto, is there anybody in this school that has been bullying you? She said, no, not really, oh, why? I said, I just wanted to introduce Innie to them. <laughs> Innie said... And he said, oh, no, mom, you know, I'm not that kind of person. I said, I'm not saying you should bully anybody. It is a mere introduction. Just taking it to that person and say, meet my elder brother. Praise the Lord. So that is how I want to to encourage you this night. That situation, introduce your God to that situation. And the name of the Lord will be glorified. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, my my time is up. We have the commits. And I want us to prayerfully thank God for the overflow of the blessings, for the anointing of the Most High God upon us during this period, for how he keeps anointing us for his faithfulness. I just want us to bow our heads in prayer and talk to God personally on how you have been blessed today. You know, and tell the Lord that you are thankful for the anointing that um, you are grateful for the anointing. You will not joke with the anointing. You will not be disobedient, but you will relish it, bask in it. And the Lord will use that anointing to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our lives in this season as a church in the name of Jesus. And I would like to seize this opportunity to say if you are here this evening and you don't know Jesus, you have never at any particular point in time accepted jesus as your personal lord and savior then you are missing out a lot on the anointing you are missing out a lot on the overflow i want you to raise your hands to the most high god if you're here this evening the ushers will give you a card that is all you need to do just raise your hand if you like to give your life to jesus the ushers are around they will give you a card you will feel the card amen any hands up any hands up amen and so mighty father we just thank you for your word. We thank you for um, ministering to, to us today. Let your name be glorified, O oh Lord God, in all that we have heard today. And we will trade with everything that we have heard today. We will profit with it, and your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name, we have
2: prayed. Amen.